Hey guys, welcome back to Actually Adultish, your favorite podcast in the world. My name is Christina and I'm your host. And I just wanted to say thanks to everyone who's been subscribing. You're the best. Please leave a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher if you haven't already. And make sure you join the Not So Secret Facebook group, Actually Adultish Podcast Nation. Just search it on Facebook and request and I will add you if you're worthy and you are worthy. So first of all, sorry if this, I don't know how the sound quality is going to turn out because right now I'm currently in Philadelphia. What city is that? Like what, what else are we near? The city of brotherly love. Oh. Okay. I'm with, I'm with Kate and we're in, we're in. Hi guys. We're sharing a mic, so sorry, this is awkward. We're really, um, yeah, this is not the best way to be doing it, but we're really winging it. Yeah. <laughs> we're really winging it. But yeah, so we're in Philly, Philly, good old Pennsylvania. Is that what you meant? What state are we in? No, I was I was trying to, because I thought for a second we were like near something else, because when I look up the weather, I look up New Jersey. The, the, Did you like, look up where I'm from? Yeah, I look up where Kate's from, because she's in... I'm in Haddonfield, New Jersey, because I live like 15 minutes from Center City, Philly. So I like rep Philly, and that is my city. But on the East Coast, states are very close to each other, which Christina like can't really wrap her head around because California is the size of like an entire continent. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, so in my head, I was thinking Haddonfield. Are we near that? But I just get confused because all the states are cities, whatever. Anyways, so we just had a whirlwind of a week. Kate and her partners, Jess and Jen, threw on the Good Fest this weekend, and it was literally insane. If you are on social media, I'm sure you saw it. It was the best event I've ever been to in my life, and I don't know how, I don't know how they pulled it off. And they also announced that there's going to be one in LA. One here, tell them about it. Yes. So first off, I mean, we'll probably get into it, but I just want to say thank you to anyone who's listening who attended the Good Fest. Be sure to let me know that you were there because I'm so freaking grateful. It's insane. But anyway, we'll get to the day and talk about that. But as far as LA goes, that was one of our big announcements. Um, We are hosting our first West Coast Fest festival in downtown LA on February 3rd, 2018. Um, and you can, whoa, and tickets are on sale now. So if you really want to be an early bird, um, early bird tickets are available until June 15th. So you better be there. It's at Hudson Loft. It's freaking gorgeous. I'm like obsessed with our venue. I'm like so excited. So Christina has been helping me with LA a lot. Um, just in understanding what you guys like, the market, what's cool, um, which is like everything. Cause like people from Philly are like, Oh my God, LA is amazing. And I need some speakers. We need some sponsors. Um, but anyway, yes, we're so excited. So be there. Okay. Christina. Yeah. Also I would hop on those early bird tickets. Cause I know LA is going to sell out. Yeah. It's going to sell out really fast. So like, I feel like yeah, early bird's gonna, yeah. So get on that already. I'm so excited. But yeah, so we're in the conference room in Kate's mom's apartment building. So <laughs> there's some like weird echoes maybe going on. So that's why I'm just saying I don't know how the sound quality is gonna be. But I know you guys don't care because it's the content that matters. And they're loyal AF yeah. to Christina and this 
podcast. Yeah, you're loyal and I love you. So thanks. Thanks, guys. Okay. So we didn't really know what we were going to talk about. But what I want to talk about, I feel like this is everyone's going to be like, this is coming out of left field. But I want to talk about mental illness mm-hmm. and stigmas around it and how... I would love to like relate that to career yes. and like having mental illness or struggling or just struggles in general and how people begin to think that that is your identity and that like maybe you can't necessarily, I don't want to say like go after your dreams, but I don't know how else to say it without sounding cliche, but go after the things you want because of the things that these burdens that you certainly didn't choose for yourself. It's just, that's life. Anyway, go ahead, Kristen. No, yeah, and I think I think it bothers me when people will act shocked. Like, say someone does something so amazing in terms of their career, makes some big career leap, and people will be like, later find out that they struggle with some kind of mental illness, and they go, you have that? Like, it's like this shock, and I'm like, do you know how many people struggle with mental illness? And, like, that doesn't mean that you can't live your life and you can't be, like, I just don't think that should hold you back. And it doesn't, like, that doesn't mean any, like, I don't like the stigma and you don't like the stigma. But, and I think we've both struggled. So why don't you share a little bit of your history with mental illness, um, what you struggled with, and just, well, let's just start off. You can, like, share a little story, Okay. I like that. Okay, so first of all, if any of you listened to the podcast episode I did with Christina about eating disorders, you know we got really real. And you're probably thinking like, wow, this Kate girl, this basket Kate. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But it's really, really important to me. It's important to me more than anything to um, talk about this kind of stuff, no matter how difficult it is. And actually, I remember when we did record that podcast telling Christina, like, I don't really want to go too far down a dark road and not to say that I want to now I want to definitely relate it to this weekend and how good (laughs) it was um but yeah I mean when I was a kid I remember I had I had my first like panic attack in third grade and I struggled so I mean I like would go to the nurse every day my stomach hurt I had like a lump in my throat they told me I had heartburn like I was ridden with anxiety as a kid for multiple reasons and um it was I'm so blessed to come from a family of people who are understanding and sympathetic and open to things like therapy and just talking about mental illness but I was like really struggling and I you know in middle school it continued I had a hard time with relationships I had a hard time with friendships um I had a hard time with myself and you know I realized soon enough probably by high school that I was depressed. Um, so I was having panic attacks, struggling in like a setting where I was um, like in classrooms and things like that. That was really hard for me. Um, and I, I became depressed about my anxiety. So that was sort of like the next step was depression now because I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm a kid slash teenager now. I just want to feel like normal and happy and calm like there was a calmness that wasn't there um so yeah so that that started the depression and it also I mean I was diagnosed later with PTSD um because I suffered some trauma when I was a child um nothing to do with my family it's something um an outside person um was was 
did wrong to me. And that caused a lot in my brain to, to fire differently. So I now, am, as an adult, I'm able to process that that um, experience that I had at such a young age really changed how I was like processing life, essentially. Um, and it took a lot to get to a place to like, be willing to go through therapy to rewire those thoughts, which also led me to wellness, which led me to blogging, which led me to finding my career, which is like this, which is makes me so freaking happy. But anyway, back to my story. Um, so as Christina knows, so I went through depression. Then that led to like disordered eating and like all around just body image in general, self-worth and self-loathing pretty much. Um, around my body specifically. So then I struggled with anorexia, which allowed me to no longer feel the anxiety because I had such control of my um, eating and workout and just the way I lived was so regimented that I didn't feel, period. So that felt awesome. It wasn't happiness either. It was just void. It was just zombie. Um, But that felt like pure relief. So I enjoyed that time subconsciously because it felt like I was calmer. But of course, at the same time, I had an eating disorder, so I was struggling. So I went to therapy for that um, for a while, which I talked about in the previous podcast, and I went to a treatment center. And then I went to, I went back home, went back to college, but never had the coping mechanisms to like really deal with what was underlying. And that was what I had gone through as a child. So when I did finally tackle that, it wasn't until later in my adulthood, that was about when I was like 21 and I remember I went to, I had my first job at an advertising agency and I called my boss and I was like, I'm not coming to work. I have to go to treatment. And they were like, what? Like you, like she was so horrible about it. And I felt so ashamed and, but I was depressed. I mean, I wanted, I wanted to, to die. Like I wanted to kill myself and I was feeling so, so, so low and so exhausted of feeling low that I needed to find a relief. So I went for about three months every day. And like, I'm not kidding you guys. Like I have, I have swung back and forth between like being kind of like white knuckling it through life. That's what I used to say where I was like, okay, I got it. Like I'm, I'm going to class. I'm having friends. I'm doing things. I'm living. But then I would have weeks where I felt literally like I couldn't move on. And I mean, my college friends can attest to that. I remember Man, this got dark fast, but I'm going to tell like probably one of my darkest moments ever um, was when I lived in Arizona. It's I'm like going to get choked up, but it's very easy to obtain like a gun in Arizona. (laughs) And I remember my roommate walked in and I like had it like next to my bed because I literally wanted to die. And like those thoughts like that night and I fell asleep finally and didn't obviously. Anyway, if you want to take on from this for a minute. <laughs> do, you, do you need a break or can no, I ask you? So in that moment, what was it that, why didn't you do it? Um, I mean, th- that moment had come up so many times, like in my life, where I just was like, I can't, I can't do it. And I, I remember saying to my boyfriend one time, who's been incredible to me, (laughs) like for a lot of reasons through this whole process, because I've done a lot of wrong to him too. In my depression and anxiety, I've I've hurt other people um, because I was hurting inside myself. And anyway, I remember saying to him, this was later on in life, um, 
about a year and a half, two years later, because I was out of college at this point. So that happened my senior year, that that specific moment. And then when we were together was after. Um, and he just said, like, well, what is it? And I said, I don't think you understand how hard it is to be like battling your mind every day. Like literally your thought, like I was exhausted, but yet I just was like this, there must be a reason that this has been happening to me since I was a child. Like I haven't given up now. Let me just keep going. And it sounds so cliche, but like in the past year, as I've found what I love to do and I've, as I've found my purpose and as I've found people who like me for, for me, like, and just not even just finding new people, like for example, Christina, but, um, just learning to appreciate my old friends in the way that I never had before and appreciate those friendships and understand that they've been there for me for so long, um, allowed me to have the courage to actually go to treatment and face these things and figure out once and for all how I can manage, um, my anxiety and depression and rewire those thoughts. So I've talked in the past, people who've reached out have asked me, you know, how did you recover from an eating disorder? How do you deal with mental illness? And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's an everyday thing that's in my head. But when you, when you go to a really good therapist and a good treatment and you do the steps and you do it willingly, um, and I say steps, not in like a 12 step way, but like you, you take their advice and you exercise that muscle, that muscle being your brain to refire a certain way. And whether it's affirmations, I mean, if you've been telling yourself, I'm not worthy for years on repeat constantly. I mean, this is Katie Horwich's talk at the Good Fest. Um, you have to, you have to rewire. You have to start fresh and flex that new muscle of like self love constantly. Um, so it's not easy. But when you find people that you drive with and you find things that you love to do, in this case, it started as my blog. It started as just wellness in general, it's, and and now it's the events like the Good Fest, um, you start to have the courage and you also start to no longer identify yourself as A, a failure, B, the depressed person. Um, those stigmas shouldn't even like exist, but they do. Like it's like, oh, the girl with the eating disorder. Oh, the girl that has, I was always like the girl that had the issues. And I'll always remember my boss, I had to, when I had a different situation come up less severe than than the first she was like there's just always something and I was like Bitch. yeah and I just it stuck with me so much and I remember what Katie a freak guys sorry I'm Kate but we had our speaker Katie Horwich talk yesterday at the good fest and she said like somebody she had an audition and she was just felt so proud of herself and then somebody was like you were just a little too much and that really triggered her. And like, I'll just always remember that day when she was like, there's just always something. And I was like, you know what, bitch? You're right. There is always something. And yet, despite always being something, I'm still trying. And that counts, too. And sure enough, I actually saw her the other day, probably about two months ago, um, around where I live. And she was like, oh, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm planning this wellness event in Philly. She's like, oh, that's a nice little, th like, she used the little yeah. comment. I'll let Christina talk about this. I just, I mean, somebody made a comment about my job and called it, oh, that's, like, a good little job. And I, I didn't, like, I don't take it personally, but I will not, I was telling Kay this, I will not stand for somebody to say that about my job when, I work really fucking hard all the time and I work my ass off and my job isn't little like 
I do. I've worked in like an office before. I see like my mother like runs a company. Like I have, I've, I know what hardworking business people do. And I literally work more hours than like a lot of people who are, have quote big jobs. And I will not have anybody refer, even if it's just like not even being serious, like don't call you shouldn't call what anybody does little because anybody who's working hard isn't nothing's a little job to me like honestly nothing like people who are there are people busting their asses in every single like job career whatever like and yeah just a little comment pisses me off but i i have like actually a million questions so stop okay really okay quickly just to digress like actually how did you get a gun Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Um, I'm telling you, there's like very lenient gun laws and somebody that I worked with was trying to just sell their gun and I bought it subconsciously from this person um, knowing that in my head I was I was like, oh wait, this is yeah. easy. I mean, not to be dark as well, but that's another thing I think for anybody who's had those thoughts, it's like, well, how am I gonna actually do this? Yeah. But this certainly is not meant to be triggering. At, and I'm so sorry because I'm sure it is right now, but. Um, so yeah, that's my answer in a non incriminating way. <laughs> no, that's interesting. And that's like, I mean, pretty strong. I mean, that's why the suicide rate is so much higher for men than women. Cause usually women won't get a gun, you know, usually women will go for pills or go for something that's not as final as really a gun. <laughs> gotcha. I mean, I think it was, I had a lot of moments where like, I remember them vividly, like moments where I would sit there and I'd really contemplate how would I kill myself, but I never, like I always, I would never actually do it. And I remember just sitting there staring at myself in the mirror, weighing the options. And I would, I would like, I would open the cabinet and count all the pills, but I was like, I don't want to take pills because it might not work or like, I don't know. And then I was like, but I could never do anything. I could never use a gun and I could never cut myself. Like, I couldn't, and I was like, I would never actually do it. And then I would get confused when therapists, or I feel like there's so many forms that you fill out that ask you if you've ever had suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I would always not, I would never know what to say because I would say, well, what does that mean? Does that mean, am I going to commit suicide? Or does that mean, have I ever thought about suicide? Yeah, I've thought about it, but I wouldn't actually do it. Do you know what I'm saying? I didn't know the difference between like because I didn't want to be like yes I have and then be like oh she's going to commit suicide when I was like no it's just like yeah I've I've thought about like I've thought about it does that make sense and like I don't think it's that uncommon I I don't I'm not going to say that I guess I just feel like I I feel like that's something that a lot of people would do just be like if I felt like that what how would I do it you know what I'm saying yeah I feel like more than anything it's like you just feel like you can't go on like I don't mean it like you you can in the sense that you will keep going through the motions of life and you're like okay this is what it is but you you feel so hopeless I think that's way more common than necessarily like I actually want to take my life um I don't know I just through like when what I feel very strongly about is like you have to treat yourself and your anxiety or or your depression or your um ptsd or bipolar or whatever for you whatever you have absolutely for you first but it changes your relationship so much with people like 
looking back, like I'm, I was horrible to my family. I was horrible to my friends. I was horrible, like to my boyfriends in the past, like horrible because I hated myself, not because I hated them or I wanted to make their lives miserable. Although I did for some of them. And like, it's the people like your true friends and your, you know, your parents and those people that kind of have to love you that stick through it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's for them too. Like, I mean, I talked about my friend who broke down and told me like, you need to take treatment seriously. And I've seen my dad just like break down and my mom and be like, I want to see you live up to the potential that like we see you in, like through our eyes, like your eyes, when you're going through those things or when you're suffering, see things differently. And that's what you kind of need like your loved ones for, I think sometimes to remind yourself. So to bring this slightly more positive um to be like up on stage the other day like or yesterday damn it feels like two weeks ago um it was a really full circle and I know it was a really emotional time for like my family and friends who who attended who have been there since day one and know like kind of the transformation that has had to take place to get to that point and I've never felt more comfortable in my skin. I didn't think about my body one time. I didn't want, I was in a room with 350 women and I did not look at any other woman's body and think of them with judgment or myself in comparison to them. And I never once like felt insecure. Yeah. And that was amazing. I mean, I was very nervous to get on stage, but there would be a t- like, th- there used to be a time, Christina, where like, being on a yoga mat in front of or around, in a room with 350 people would send me into a panic attack. And I was leading the group of 350 people with my partners, which is another thing to say, like everything's stronger when you find like the people that have your back, as I said previously. But yeah, it was it's really I'm still like processing it. And then I hear from you guys who are writing these amazing comments that are like, this is exactly what I needed. This is the type of content I needed. I've been feeling so you know down on myself and like we wanted to bring together a room and a community that was just all about encouragement um because we understand as humans ourselves me myself jen jess everybody who um was a part of this all the speakers on stage that like shit is not easy and like this is the stuff we don't put on instagram like i don't put hey guys like today i hated myself (laughs) or like hey this time last year i was um you know, being checked into a crisis center, like TBT. No, we just show our smoothie bowls. But anyway. No, I have like, I hate sharing a microphone because I have like a million things to say in response. And I want to just, well, one thing I just wanted to say is like, now that I'm thinking about it, part of the reason why that event was so incredible is because it's interesting you bring up the whole body image thing because I go to a lot of, wellness I go to events you know in LA and it's such a different vibe and even if the event has nothing to do with that there's always this weird comparison thing with every like you can tell people will go there and be nervous about how they're gonna I I don't think I literally feel like that wasn't crossing anyone's mind yesterday yesterday was about like your like relationships and real shit like I I just feel like that wasn't even a a thing I would agree. There were like a lot of hugs. There were a lot of, there was never like that. Oh my God. Like people said, you look beautiful to me and like vice versa. I'd be like, Oh my God, you look so cute. And like, um, but there was never like, 
oh, I wish I had your body. You're like, oh my God, you look so much better in those yoga pants. Like there was literally a sea of yoga pants and nobody gave a shit. Yeah, I felt like nobody, I don't, I feel like no, it was just like a very safe space and it, it wasn't about that at all. I feel like that wasn't an issue for people as it like, you know, cause we were just there for a greater purpose, I feel like. But bringing it back to the mental illness thing. Okay, I just like need to go on kind of a rant because <laughs> I know, here I go. I just am sick of people dismissing mental illness, but just in general, as, as illness and in general, both, I would be like, I'm seriously depressed. And my family would just be like, everybody's depressed. That's just life. It's depressed. And I'm like, no, I literally wake up every day and like want to die and like cry constantly. And I feel like there's a black hole over my head. And like, all I can think about is how much I hate every, like literally cannot function right or like my anxiety what like people like oh yeah I get anxious too what it just like I get anxious too it just gets dismissed I'm like okay well I'm sorry if you get anxious and I'm sorry if that's just whatever for you but for me like I literally cannot function like I'm curled up on a corner shaking having a panic attack I cannot breathe I feel like I'm having a heart attack like I don't want to live like that you know and so I'm sick of other people dismissing it like towards other people, but also themselves. The thing is, if you're struggling with it, you, you need, I don't get why people are embarrassed. Like just admit it and then get help. And I don't think there's, there's not like, I'm the biggest believer in therapy. And I also want to talk about the medication thing for a second because I got upset because there was a previous podcast episode where um, one of our guests, it was just in passing and she was talking about how, you know, she was struggling and the doctor just like put her on antidepressants and like was like, okay, you're on your way. And we were both in the car. We were both like, okay, no, I'm not into that. And I'm not. And somebody messaged me and was like, I can't believe you would say that it's not okay to take medication, blah, 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 blah. And I just want to clear this up because that is not what I was saying at all. I have been on antidepressants I've been on medication and I think that there's nothing wrong with being on medication I think that's people like there's a chemical imbalance in people's brains like you it's a it's a chemical thing like there's nothing wrong but why why I was saying that was I don't like when doctors just say here's some meds bye like you you have to it's a, it's a journey and I think that you should you also need to go to therapy and find other things and I don't think you know and also depends on the mental illness like as somebody with depression and generalized anxiety disorder long term no I don't want to be on anxiety meds my whole life my goal is to find a way to have it without the medication if I need it while I'm figuring that out then that's totally fine but you know and it and like I was saying it depends like if you have something like schizophrenia I don't know you know yeah yeah, then maybe that's more of a long-term thing but don't just throw meds at somebody and then leave without doing work you know like without really getting to the other issues because there's more than one thing going on and so that's just something that and I don't like how people are embarrassed about medication I don't think there's anything to be like if you had a physical illness where you had to take if you had hypothyroidism would you be embarrassed to say that you're taking thyroid meds no Mm -hmm. you know so why was it any different if you have depression and take an antidepressant i don't think there's a difference to me 
And, and then going off of that, I just think you can't dismiss it, but you also can't let it define you because I know so many people who just won't, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. I won't function through life. Okay. No, it does not define you. It is, it does not define you. You can still get up off your ass and you have to push and you have to work. You have to work. You have to work hard and you have to fight for yourself. Like I, people will be like, I tried therapy and didn't work. Okay. Go back. Try keep, you have to keep trying. I had to try so many therapists until I found somebody. I had to try so many different medications before I found one that did not leave me feeling like a piece of shit on the floor and then you can't just stop working like you can't just not go like say you're in school i know people who just not do their homework not go to class i'm depressed you have to still fucking go and you can't sit on the couch and whine or make a choice and go to treatment like do something in some way to still fight for yourself and there's more to you than that mental illness. Like there are so many other things that you are good at and are passionate about and could, that doesn't, that's not your, your thing. Like Mm -hmm. it can be part of you and it affects things, but you find that's the whole point is to find coping mechanisms and to work. That's like, if you're, say you find you have diabetes, I keep using analogies like this, but it's the point. Say you have diabetes or you're just like, I'm never eating food again because it's too hard. No, like you manage your blood sugar and you figure out a way to, you know, you keep going through life. You still get a job. You can still be, and that's the whole point of why we wanted to do this and talk about this because, you know, Kate has struggled with all these things and look at what she just fucking pulled off. Like that festival was insane. And like, you can be a total badass businesswoman, businessman, any other kind of job career. You can have an amazing career, an amazing life, an amazing family. Like that doesn't define you and it it doesn't limit you. Like, it's just something that you work with and you can overcome it. Sorry, I'm literally, I'll let you talk. I just, yeah, Mike. (laughs) No, I couldn't agree. Well, first off, thank you. Um, No, I couldn't agree more with like everything you said. I mean, it's so true. It's, you cannot let it define you. And it's really hard. It's hard when you're in that place and you're in that space. And I'm the first to, you know, I'm sure there's someone listening like, great. I would love to be able to take three months off my full-time career. And yes, my dad and parent, my mom helped me. And yes, that's what I'm very fortunate that I had the support to be able to go do those hard things. And I've done them. I've done it actually a couple times, honestly, um, gone to like intense treatment. So I did the work and you have to be resilient. That's why we're humans. I remember like it was Katie Dale about said, like, if you weren't feeling fear, to me, because I said, I'm like, yeah, I'm nervous. And she's like, if you weren't feeling fear, like you're not human. Like that's what, this is part of life. Like these emotions of joy and, and sorrow and pain sometimes too. But yeah, I just, I, I always knew I wanted to start a business. I don't know why. I think just from a really young age, I was obsessed with like work in general. Like I used to like play store and like play work (laughs) um and I used to like beg to like work at my I wrote a blog post about this actually I have like um I didn't fit in in school I felt really uncomfortable in that setting it didn't make sense for me I hated every second of it and then like also in my workplace like most of them I like to anyone who used to be my boss like I'm sorry I was a really bad employee usually that's just like not my jive I wanted to start something and I knew it and I just like I guess because I had gone through so much bullshit, I wasn't, I was pretty fearless in starting good. I was fearless in starting my blog because I was like, what's the worst that could happen? I feel, I feel worse. Like 
that I've, I've felt so low before that it didn't matter. Like, and that I'm not going to say that that's what is the reason I'm successful or are beginning to be successful. And I'm also not saying that you have to like go through this like suicidal, like, you know, time in order to gain success. I'm just, I think for those of you who are currently struggling and fighting, I think more than anything, you should be like, holy shit, I'm really resilient. Like, I'm really strong. I'm really, like, I am struggling in this moment, but the fact that I'm, like, not giving up and that I am hopeful that it's going to get better shows that, like, I can apply this trait in myself and this strength in myself to, like, so many different avenues. You know, once once we get through this and we move forward, we being me, you know, you talking to yourself, you can actually do a ton of good and a ton of, I keep saying good and it keeps like triggering me to think about the good fast. (laughs) You know what I'm saying though? Like, I think you just have to realize like whatever it is in you that's allowing you to, to think I I can and will get through this means that you can and will do things that are like so much more beyond like therapy, you know? And I, I've, I've been in a lot of group therapy as well with people who have allowed it to become their definition of themselves. And you also have to learn when to separate different parts of your life. Like I'm obviously very open. I'm on a podcast talking about this stuff, but like, I don't talk about this stuff every day. It's not something that like my boyfriend and I talk about over dinner. Like it was when it was happening. Um, But I think it's really important to like, let it go sometimes. And with that said, let people in your life go. Like I met a ton of people in treatment who were beautiful human beings and they're just not meant to be in my life and I'm not meant to be in theirs. Like we're not supposed to be, like we were maybe friends and support when we would like go into that room with the therapist and like talk about it. And like, I, I can tell you right now, I have nothing but like love for those people that I've met through this process. But like, we aren't meant to really know each other past that life because we're not meant to be stuck in that life. So I think that's where sometimes treatment centers or places, like I'm sure the same goes for, I I don't personally struggle with like substance abuse, but I'm sure this happens too in in 12 step programs and places like that where, or addiction places where it like, it it starts to become like its own mini community and then you like stay there. And I, I think don't be afraid to, to leave that too and, and leave that behind or when it is time to see your therapist less frequently or like have some confidence in yourself and that that happens over time. But anyway, and about the, the medication, I mean, I have so many mixed emotions. I've been on medication before. I'm, I've been off medication before. It's so unique to the individual that it's like impossible to make any general statements. I mean, we're also both not doctors. I, it's so important to find someone who's, incredibly detailed with figuring it out with you. If you have someone who comes in and gives you some sort of like um, analysis or whatever it's called, like a, what is it? Like a preliminary, like a, like a, like a first time appointment and like just scribbles a script. Like that's a red flag. That is probably not the right person. Um, But with that said, like medication also can't become a crutch. Crutch, That's something I believe very strongly in. Like I started meditation and yoga and that was a part of my treatment. Um, Eating better, you know, I I definitely don't obsess anymore, but like trying to be more mindful of it helped me a lot. Um, Learning about like 
affirmations and self-talk was really important and just like kind of doing it constantly um, until it started to come naturally. I think, and then going back to the medication thing for a second, I think people, I think it's interesting. People ask, how do you know if you should take medication and it's your own decision up to you and different for everybody. For me, like, I just want to talk about my experience because I was like against it for a really long time because it wasn't right for me because when I was struggling in college with like my health and I was just really depressed, every time I would go into the doctor, they would just say, well, I can just write you a prescription for an antidepressant. And I was like, no, I don't want it. I want to fix the root of the issue. And I was just really against it and it wasn't right. And I was just like, you're just going to throw out some random prescription to me. Like versus like a year later when my health was literally in the shits and I was struggling with my eating disorder and I was out of my mind and I could not function. And at that moment I was like working with a psychiatrist who was very individualized to me and knew me very well and poured over all my medical records and I mentally and physically, I was just like, no, I, I should be on medication now. And I was open to it then. And so for me, it was just very like much. I knew I, I just knew the difference, you know? Um, and that was the difference for me. And that's when I started taking medication. Um, and then I eventually went off of it, but like they was right for me in that moment. And I also feel like people freak out about it and they're like, well, I don't want to take it. And I'm like, it doesn't happen with anything in life just because you're doing something now doesn't mean you are chained to it for your whole life you know um when I was first I remember when I was first trying it my my friend Angela who was on our earlier podcast um she was the one who was saying my family friend she goes Christina you know you don't have to be on it forever but sometimes we just need a little like a little help to get us out of it we just need a little help right now to jump start it and then as you do the work yourself you can find it within yourself and then come off of it like just because you go on it now and I was like you're totally right I don't know why I'm feeling like it was like in my head I built it up to be like if I go on anxiety meds now I'll be on anxiety meds my whole life which isn't true like life is always changing also another thing is kind of about letting it define you Kate's totally right about you have to be careful about who you're around I think and that they're not dragging you back down the hole and also just this whole issue of sometimes people use it as their identity and really almost thrive off of it as their identity and that's all they talk about and that's just not healthy and I think that actually you know how some people might think that mental illness would hold might hold you back and not allow you to do amazing things like with your career for example I think it could actually be an amazing coping mechanism for example I know I'm such a perfectionist and you are too and that's kind of at the root of you know our I think our eating disorder things, the anxiety, the depression, it's that same perfectionist root kind of and the control thing. And I think that it's almost it's like to me, it seems like a healthy way to deal with the control factor to be like, I'm going to create 
for you, I'm going to create this business, this company, create this festival. You know, for me, it was, I'm going to create my blog, this podcast. I'm going to be in control of this. And this is a healthy outlet for my control versus my food or my body or just feeling depressed because I don't have control over life. You know, like that is a, that is something that you can take control of and you can be like, I'm going to step up, be the CEO of my own fucking life of this thing. You know, like you can use it to make yourself a badass person in your career. You know, just like you, you twist it. It's all about mindset. Exactly. I think, I think all of us harness like these like gifts, you know, I think everybody has something in them you know, whether it's a trait or a skill or something that um, if you find the thing it is that you're kind of like meant to be doing, that will just like flow so freely. And I think everyone that was there at the festival was like, especially speaking, was a great representation of that, of like, you just feel like your most badass, comfortable self when you find that. But you're right. Like for us, we're both really hard workers. Like we, we were talking about this on a really long walk earlier as we tried to get back to our hotel. Um, we're just both really, really hard workers and that can translate to perfectionism or um, a feeling of, uh, I don't know, like always feeling you have to do, do, do. And because we weren't quite in a place where we could find what it was we were supposed to be working on, we put it in our food or we put it in our body image. Um, so yeah, I think it's, you know, we have, we're like living humans who are like alive. Therefore, like we have a lot of energy to give to this world. So like, it's all about finding where you put that energy. And mine was all in controlling the anxiety, fearing the next panic attack, fearing the next time I feel so low that I can't do it anymore. And it just, it took all my energy. So I didn't have energy for like creativity or I feel like I keep bringing up the speakers, but they were just so freaking powerful and amazing. But like Katie Dale about like creativity is curiosity. It's this like, I am obsessed with like listening to podcasts and learning more on how to better my business and things like that. Because like, I'm curious, it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel human. Um, whereas before I would just kind of, rather than like learn or be curious or creative, I would just repeat the same things to myself over and over again, which was really just like, you suck. You can't do it. You're still, nothing will change. This is it. And like, that's a great place. Yeah. <laughs> great. Not great. I don't know if it, you could tell what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. I just, I think also what I'm curious about is, did you feel, this is kind of like off topic. Did you, do you feel like one thing that you struggled with has overshadowed others like do you feel like you have more of one issue than another like for example the first half of my life I felt like my depression Mm -hmm. was kind of like the worst offender and then and then as I got older it it turned into my anxiety they kind of like I've always had them both Mm -hmm. um but I felt like my first the first 19 years of my life were my depression and then like after that, it was like my anxiety was a little bit more than my depression, if that makes sense. Do you, do you feel like yeah. I, like anything overshadows? I, I do and I don't. I totally, I completely understand what you mean. I think like through the ebbs and flow of my life, like different things have overshadowed. So what happened was like I was out of complete control as a child and had a really, really, really hard time. And then with that came constant 
on edge feeling and like anxiety and depression would bounce back and forth typically or maybe just be happening simultaneously and it just one was showing more than the other but it seemed that the feeling of anxiety would trigger the the depression but then when I started to get older and was more aware of my own actions and like you know you're a kid that your decisions are made for you when I got a little older I became more self-destructive than anything else so whether that was manifesting through my depression or my anxiety or my eating disorder it was just I was like just self-destructing slash feeling um I don't know how to put it yeah I think it, it was coming from a place of unworthiness so that is like the constant underlying really was that was that like negative self-thought and that it was that thing that had been ingrained in me um not purposely necessarily but just situationally slash you know family history I mean like there's also like evidence that this is also like can run in people's families too so anyway long story short I think that um just unworthiness and it, it, that is kind of the the prominent thing and then that has just manifested in like what is the easiest way to channel this feeling during this time so like you know in college it was my eating disorder today it's now in a positive way it's like fuck no I am worthy like that's it that's period so I do everything constantly all my energy goes into like combating that now does that make sense as an answer I hope so I know it's hard when you talk about this kind of stuff and you're like not trained in actually talking about these things so you you think you're making sense yeah well it's I kind of want to like wrap up a little bit, but I definitely want to do another podcast about this because I'm realizing all these different things that I want to touch on that will take me like an hour to talk about, but just kind of to wrap up and positively. No, just end. Okay. Well, I just maybe just like what helps you get through things? Like people just want to, you know, like advice, like, and I feel like that and this in itself could be its own episode, but maybe just things I don't know things that help you or like what would you say to somebody who's struggling and I don't know first steps to take just kind of any advice I guess and obviously I know that we could sit here and talk about that for a long time but just maybe just something to wrap up I guess yeah definitely so I mean obviously depends on what you as an individual like love to do what brings you joy personally you know it might be like coding a computer like coding something I don't know or like designing a building like that doesn't bring me joy but everybody has their thing but I think more than anything you have to find number one support that learn what support from people actually should look like that's step one what does that look like in your friends your family your coworkers, and then determine which ones can go there will always be relationships that can't and then learn how to work around that so number one is what support should look like and what that should feel like most importantly um and then really put the most energy into the relationships that give you the most energy back then i would say find things that make you feel like you forget everything so for me, sometimes that used to be like writing for the blog or planning things for the blog, or maybe it's just reading in general, or maybe it's try not to make it watching Netflix or, or totally deflecting, but like find the thing that you could do for hours and like not think about all the shitty stuff going on. It could be knitting. It could be, I mean, there's so many like mindful practices and that's another thing. Learn what mindfulness is because I think if you are anxious, you are living in the, in the future. And if you were depressed, you were living in the past. When you are mindful, you're in the present and you're able to take every moment 
as it is in that moment. Um, so I think if you can find activities that let you be present and like, just do them and don't feel shame for them. Like if it means, and not everyone's going to say like face mask and bubble bath, like it could be hiking or I don't know, it's whatever it is and do it and just, just do it without any shame. Um, those are like my two biggest things of advice. So definitely the support, definitely finding a thing that brings you joy um, and just like running with it and like not feeling stupid for, for liking it. And if you are like embarrassed by it, like that's silly, don't be. Um, and lastly, like really start to, to, to consider, like we're talking a lot about therapy, but just like there's other holistic ways to find relief for these things as well. Like, like I definitely believe in meditation. I definitely believe in yoga, um, exercise in general. Um, finding a balance between that though is hard, but I think the very first thing is surrounding yourself with people who get it and, and everything falls into place easier when you have that. So that's why our brand is so much about community and it's not all or nothing thinking because honestly, without others, what, what do we have? You know what I mean? Like that's really all we can do. So you have to find a way to love yourself first, show love appropriately and kindly to others, and then find people who give you that back. You know, you and I were talking um, at V Street while I was eating the best dessert <laughs> ever, <laughs> and Christina was hanging, being patient while I ate it. Um, we were just talking about, like, you need to find those people that give in the way that you give. And... Um, but very first, you have to give for yourself. So find what that is. Find what you need. Don't be ashamed of it. And know that it's, like, temporary. Like, I, one thing that a therapist said to me, like, when I'm having a panic attack or, panic attack or something, she was like, every single time it ends, though. Like, the, it always – or even just a bad feeling in general. Like, eventually it ends. And the same goes for, like, weird things in life. Like, oh, my God, this traffic is horrible. Like, eventually it's going to be over. And I think that that just like that reality, it really brings up the mindfulness practice of just like, okay, well, here I am, but eventually it stops and you just have to believe it. And that's my advice. Yeah. I think you kind of, I think even before that though, I just feel like the issue so many people have is facing facing it themselves yeah. like facing themselves and that goes back to you like what you're saying about being mindful but it's so many people are just afraid to accept it i'm like acceptance i think everyone's like acceptance in moment is gonna look different though like it's it's so hard like i remember like my pivotal moments where i was like no really i'll do whatever the fuck it takes because i can't take it anymore so i think what that looks like for everyone's hard so it's hard to give advice on like when you you're gonna feel that i think yeah. I think first step is like being open-minded to it. Like, like, okay, yeah, there could be a better way of living or hmm, like this doesn't need to be, because I think this brings up, I mean, this could be the second podcast, but this brings up the whole can of worms of like what our society now believes like happiness even looks like, which is like, you know, oh, you're, you're financially secure and you have a, a family and kids and a mortgage. Like, I mean, there's just like these ideas of how we're bred to believe what what it's all supposed to feel like. So I think just even like being willing to kind of challenge it and be like, Hmm, I don't know. I don't know if this is really like where my life is supposed to take me. Um, could either number one help you if you're going through anxiety or depression currently, or it could prevent you from later having it down the road. It's, it's just about like 
kind of being open-minded to, to whatever life is going to bring. And it could be really, really, really dark, shitty stuff. Like what I shared in this podcast, but it also could be like the most incredible day of your life. Like I had at the good fest, but all of it takes chances and all of it takes doing something that feels uncomfortable. And I know we have to end. So here you go. Well, yeah, I just wanted to like, what I was, what I was trying to get at was like facing it. I mean, I know for me, I couldn't go through any of the work. I couldn't make any progress until I really faced that I was really depressed and had anxiety and was really ready to dig in and figure out what was at the root of it. Mm-hmm. And it, I really, it was really hard to figure out what was at the root of it. And I think being willing to, just like being willing to do the work to get to the root of it, because that is usually really scary what it is. Um, this might sound really abstract if you don't struggle with this, but if you do struggle with, you you probably understand what I'm saying. Like the root is always something scary and big. And like, it's like, even there were so long when I was like, I know I have anxiety and depression, but I don't know what to do. And it was like, that was, it was still this mental block because even though I thought I had accepted it, I hadn't really, because I hadn't faced what, what was the cause. And that doesn't mean fixing fixing the root it just means just facing that that is the root of this like the, this this thing has happened and was there and is there um and i think also the other thing is not just not being afraid to look for help and ask for outside help like you have to you have to face it so that you can fight for yourself and you should always fight for yourself but you don't have to fight for yourself alone like no. I, I going back to what i was saying earlier not being afraid to ask for a therapist if you if that's something you want to try or not being afraid to confide in somebody and be like I'm struggling and I need help and I don't know what to do maybe that person can you know I just just fight for yourself and that sometimes means asking for help and there's nothing wrong with asking for help whether that's from a doctor or a friend that doesn't mean sitting there and having your friend be your therapist that's absolutely not what i'm saying because you can't put everything onto somebody it's not fair either but i think you know what i mean by the difference between those so yeah this has been good we i feel like there's so much more to say but we'll have to do this again but thank you so much for coming on and for sharing so much of that you're the best thank you you're the best for like having me on the podcast for the third time (laughs) um no but really I just you know I talk a lot about what I do as far as good and you guys obviously if you follow me on Instagram or anything probably see a lot of food and things like that but above everything else like what I do is rooted in the fact that like I really believe that other people can get through this because like I I believe it's possible so um although it might not be something that's necessarily what my brand is or what the band the brand that we're building through good like it's the root of why I do everything so it's really um it makes me really happy to go to these dark places because it um allows me number one to like celebrate the growth and also like connect with some of you guys or connect with you Christina like on a deeper level on a more human level um so yeah, thank you for having me and for having a podcast that talks about things like this, you know? Like I love the business podcast and I love the gossipy funny comedy podcast, but like this this is the real deal. So, I'm so proud of you. I just wanted you to know that. And yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Wait. Thanks. I love you. You're the best. But can you tell everybody where they can find you? Oh, this I love this like final podcast yeah. moment where it's like
Um, you can find me on Instagram, shebekalinit. Um, you can also find my blog, Kalinit, although I will be honest, I don't post as often as I used to. Um, but you could also find us at the Good Fest. And like we said, the Good Fest LA is happening. And I will continue to get back to direct messages um, on both Good's account and my account. Guys, I'm so freaking grateful for all of you that showed up. I know Jess and Jen and everybody on the Good team feels the same. And we definitely plan to... Uh, take over the wellness festival scene so stay tuned <laughs> oh yeah and yeah check out all their stuff i'll put the links to everything in the show notes per usual so yeah i'm gonna go finish packing my bag hop on a flight back to los angeles and thanks again for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this if you have comments responses please send them in to actuallyadultish.com you can do that anonymously there you can also email us at actuallyadultish at gmail.com make sure you subscribe show us some support some love some comments some ratings and reviews you guys are the best and we love you all right thanks bye